sports, politics, life. Advantage Termite and Pest Control presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues online at AdvantageTPC.com. It seems plenty healthy that from time to time, your humble host produces a podcast where he may say something that you disagree with. Certainly my inbox and everything that I hear from so many of those that listen to the podcast is how many things that we agree on. I'll get the obligatory, I don't agree with all your sports takes, but man, we're in lockstep with everything you think about politics or conservatism or things of that nature. And I like that. It's a very unique experience for me in my career to have so many listeners that agree with so many things that I say. Today, you'll probably take exception to a few things that I say about the desantis Newsom debate. But let me begin with the stuff that we obviously agree on. Ron DeSantis easily won this debate on issues. It was not close. He easily wins this debate on the record for his state of Florida versus California. And he easily wins the debate on truth. Those things are all given. We knew that going in. That's one-third of the component of this debate. Now, the big picture here is neither one of them is running for president. Well, DeSantis is running, but neither one of them will be on the ballot next year for president, although I think Newsom has a much better chance than DeSantis to be on the ballot, quite frankly, and still won't be surprised if he is because he's doing this. The other thing that seems very obvious is nobody that sways an election in the middle either watched or cares, like none. This wasn't even Trump versus Biden. Like you might catch some people in the middle, some swing votes. You might catch some people next October watching a debate between Trump and Biden or Trump and DeSantis. You might catch those people. Then they or they might see something on social media and it may sway them to vote for one person over another. Those people were not engaged here. This was not a massive audience. This was an audience of political junkies. People like you and I who really love this stuff. We view it as extremely important for our country. And we wish that more Americans took the interest in it that you and I do, because it is really important. I wish there were millions and millions and millions more people just like us that really, really care about the fact that Ron DeSantis slaughtered this debate, just crushed Newsom on the issues, on his record in Florida, and on telling the truth. I wish that mattered. Last night, it didn't matter at all. And it's not going to move the needle at all for either one of these guys. It was... A spring training game is the best way to describe it. Bench players getting a chance to show their strength to the manager. That's all it was. That's all it was. We can take and find solace in the fact that conservatives win the argument, that we win the debate, that we're right on issues with the American people, but we can't ignore the fact that the American people don't pay attention, that they don't watch, they don't listen, and they don't really care. Even people let's just use a demographic here. Women voters, 18 to 45, let's say. Even that demographic. Let's say 50% of those voters are conservative. Let's give it more than that. Let's say 55% of those people are either conservative or lean to the right about almost everything, about lower taxes, fiscal responsibility, uh, strong military, closed border, a lot, you know, a lot of different things, education, staying out of it, parent rights, all these things. A majority of women would agree on all that. It doesn't matter. The Democrat's going to stand there when it really matters on a debate stage or put out a commercial or do a, a stump speech that's going to go viral about abortion and nothing else will matter. Nothing else will matter. The substance where DeSantis lost big time in this debate 
with the American people, not those viewing last night, because it was an overwhelmingly conservative audience. And so it was a beatdown. It's being resoundingly, it was a beatdown where he lost his abortion. He just did. And it's going to rear its ugly head next year. It's going to rear its head with Trump. Uh, Trump's going to have to alienate, as the candidate, he's going to have to alienate the Christian and far right of his party, the pro-life, the dedicated pro-life voters. He's going to have to alienate them during the campaign next year. He's going to have to offer up a national abortion law to legalize it. He's going to have to do that to get that issue out of the presidential election. And then hope that all the pro-lifers will say, well, this is a gain, you know, nothing after 12 weeks or something like that, which they won't because the extreme sides of of, of that issue on both parties are all or nothing. They're either abortion for everyone anytime or no abortions ever for anyone anytime. And so I, I just think that becomes a really complicated thing. So the first prong is quite simple. We all agree, and people on the left would agree. If they're being, if people on the left were being honest, they'd say, yeah, DeSantis won this thing on issues. He did with the American people. Oh, not, not with what you think or what I think or what other viewers would think. Because liberal viewers would watch and not agree with DeSantis. But they must know that the American public agrees with him. Overwhelmingly, with most of those issues, backing the police, safer streets, not letting people do homeless camps, poop on the street, all this other stuff. The porn in the school, the sheet that he held up, all those things DeSantis did. Most Americans watch that. That's very effective. And you're only a, just a diehard, died-in-the-wool leftist if you don't think that those policies and comments by DeSantis are winning issues with the American public, because they are. So we're going to keep it real here, okay, on today's podcast. And that's where I can get into a little trouble with you. The second prong of this was, this was a stacked deck. Reverse this debate. And let's say it was on MSNBC and Rachel Maddow were the host. And we would all be freaking out and going crazy and saying, why the hell did Ron DeSantis go do that? Why did he go in there with Gavin Newsom and Rachel Maddow and go get thrown into the hornet's nest? Because here's Sean Hannity all night dominating the debate like we knew he would. Couldn't stay out of it. Throwing up a gazillion clunky statistics that weren't on the screen long enough for you to read that supposedly were going to sway everybody watching to become a conservative And every single graphic or topic that he brought up was against the Democrat policy and for the Republican policy. It was a stacked debate. There was no fairness to this at all. None. I mean, zero. And that's okay because they're both friends with Sean Hannity. They both know him. They trusted it. Neither one of them had anything to lose because at this point, they're not really running for president. They're honing their skills for something down the road. We may very well have seen the 2028 election. There's a lot of different ways. This is the 2028 election that we saw last night. One of those ways is neither one of these makes it next year onto the ballot, although I think Newsom has a really good shot at being on the ballot and not Biden. The other is if Trump beats Biden. The other is if Trump beats Newsom. I don't think he'd just quit. I think he'd come back in four years and run again. So I, I, look, there's a, there's a lot to this. There's a substance to this, but it's in the future. It's not now. It's not today. It was fun to watch. It was fun to hear the issues. It was fun to remember that we are right on almost all of these issues. But this was a completely stacked deck. To get overly giddy and say, oh, my God, Ron DeSantis was so great. This was awesome. He was great because he was better than most people expected. And that will be our third prong in a moment as to why he was better than he was expected. It was a stacked deck. It was was more than a home game. That would do 
you know, that's underselling home games for crying out loud. I mean, this was, this was the ultimate setup. And therein lies the third prong of analysis. And that is somehow, some way, if people in the middle were watching, unconvinced voters, they would look at this and go, okay, it says something about Gavin Newsom that he went and did this and he held his own, even though he lied a lot and he was wrong on a lot of issues. He just flat, but it's what they do. We know this is what they do. Again, most people won't know that he's lying. When he says DeSantis closed his beaches, most people watching will believe that. When he leveled these things against DeSantis that he's a tyrant and a bully, most people will believe that. Why? Because Gavin Newsom looks good. He is polished. He smiles the whole time. You want to like him. He's got the gestures of Bill Clinton and Barack Obama completely down. Nobody else is going to talk about this. This guy's in California. He knows Hollywood producers and directors. Every single left-handed move he makes, and Clinton and Obama were both left-handed. This is the same thing. These things matter. They're in the minds of voters, and they don't even know it sways them. You don't know why you buy a product. And many times we'll say, well, it's not because of an ad that you saw, a TV commercial or something, but it is. You don't even know it. You know how many people vote for president based on things they don't know, that don't really care about the issues, and they go, oh, he's younger, better looking than Biden. He looks polished, and I like, I like the guy. I, 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 you know, I'd like to be his friend or like to go out on a date or whatever. He has somebody in Hollywood that has trained him to impersonate a little. He's, he's changing now. His inflection over the last year was more Obama. It's now becoming more Bill Clinton, but it's very similar. Obama clearly copied Clinton. They do the same left-handed gestures. They're left-handed, and then they point. There is no doubt that Newsom looked DeSantis in the eye way more than the other way around. DeSantis got to get better at that. He's got to look at his opponent, look him in the eye, and look, look stern and look tough, not just the moderator, not just stare at the camera and stare at the moderator. So DeSantis lost the debate on that. Now, we can argue uh, that, that prong, he lost the debate. So he wins two out of three of the prongs. So he wins the debate. The question is, if this were a presidential debate and everybody were watching, do the two prongs even matter? Does it even matter that the deck was stacked against DeSantis or against Newsom and that DeSantis won on substance? Does that even matter? We've elected Joe Biden and he didn't do anything but sit in his basement. Barack Obama did nothing but platitudes like Newsom did last night and lies and tell you he's not going to do things and then do them. And people gobbled it up because they liked him. Until Joe Biden, well, there's an asterisk by this. Until Joe Biden won, every president in my lifetime that I remember being elected was elected because you liked them more than the other candidate. There was a likability factor. There was something about them that you went, oh, I like that guy better. You just did. That's, the, you know, we used to call it the beer test. I'd rather have a beer with him. Well, the beer test doesn't work because you'd definitely rather have a beer with Trump than Biden. Everybody would agree with that. But the likability factor came into play. If indeed Biden did win, America said, we don't like you, Donald Trump. We'll take the other guy. And that's what they were saying. They weren't saying they hated his policies. They weren't saying they hated peace, prosperity, low interest rates, big stock market, jobs for all, closed borders, security, safety. They weren't saying they hated that. If indeed Biden beat Trump, what voters were saying was, we don't like you. This is how ridiculous this whole process is. 
And you could come away from the debate last night if this were a real presidential debate a year from now or 10 months from now or four years from now. If it were a real debate, I don't know that DeSantis won the debate. I think people may walk away and go, you know what? I like that other guy better. Folks, I can't state this loudly enough. We're not talking about us. It is easy for you and I to agree that DeSantis won the debate. And I won't argue that. But I'm not sure he did if it really mattered. Who was more likable? Who came off as more likable? Oh, I don't know who to vote for. I'm going to vote for that guy. And the first time I remember this in my life was Jimmy Carter. America voted for Jimmy Farmer because they were like, oh, what a nice little Southern peanut farmer guy. Let's vote for him. That's what they did. Let's give him a chance. Well, it didn't work out very well. And then here came a Hollywood actor to kick his ass in 1980, Ronald Reagan. It's, it, I'm telling you, this stuff matters so much. And they can sit here and say there's nobody on the bench for the Democrats. They have no depth. They have no one else. They've got Newsom and there's nobody else in the party. They may not need anybody more than Newsom. If you told me, if, you, if I went into a coma and you woke me up in 10 years and said Gavin Newsom was president for eight years, I would not be surprised at all. That guy can win. He doesn't have to have a record in California. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. He's going to go abortion, abortion, abortion. You're extreme. You're a hater. You saw the playbook last night. DeSantis, you're mean. You're a bully. You're a hater. You're banning books, thousands of books you're banning. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're abortion. You're, you're taking rights away from people. You're living in the pre-1960s. It resonates with young people. That's all they want to hear. It's Gavin Newsom sitting there telling, especially young women, 18 to 35, but young people in general, under the age of 40, 45, it's Gavin Newsom sitting there saying, Ron DeSantis is your shitty parent. Pardon my language, but that's what he's saying. There's your crappy dad over there that wants to keep everything from you and that beat you down when you were in high school and doesn't believe in you and you're struggling in your 20s and you're doing this and he says you're doing this wrong and you're doing this wrong. Get off my lawn. It is a powerful tool. Because it's personal and it cuts right to where people live. The issues are great. Here's the problem. You're never swinging a vote on issues. You can motivate to vote like abortion. It will get more women to vote. You're not going to change somebody's mind on abortion. You're not going to change somebody's mind on any of these things. If they're a hardened liberal at this point, they've been indoctrinated in the schools and they believe in this stuff, you're not changing their mind. You're not. What does it is when it's personal. Oh, I'm having trouble paying for my groceries. That party's out. That'll do it. But that's not a debate of substance on 15 different topics. That's, my God, everything's so expensive. This party sucks. That, that, that's, that's a totally different deal. I just don't think a lot's won and lost in debate, and I don't think you swing many votes. I don't. And I think DeSantis won on everything that matters to me. He won the debate. But I'm just not very sure that I'm the, I'm not the, I'm not the electorate anymore. I'm just not. My vote's a given the rest of my life. It's a given. One party voter. <laughs> Who I vote for is a given. That will not change. I'm not persuadable, but we know that 10 to 20% of the people are. And I'm not convinced that after last night, if those people were watching and this really mattered, that Gavin Newsom didn't win the election because those people don't care about the issues. If they cared about the issues, they wouldn't be persuadable. Right? We talk about the country is more polarized than ever. I say it's a good thing. That means people are paying attention more than they ever have in our lifetime. They have found things. They see things. They're paying attention. If we're polarized, 
it means that people somewhat are in the know about something that really matters to them. These wafflers in the middle, I don't get it. I, I mean, I don't get it. You just wait for the election and, hmm, well, that guy looks better than that guy. I'll, I'll vote for that guy. That's what you do. I, millions of people do. Millions of people do. And I think Gavin Newsom probably wins based on that because I've watched Clinton do it and I've watched Obama do it. And I don't know that either of them had a record or, or massive substance to run on like Ron DeSantis. They didn't have it. Bill Clinton didn't have Ron DeSantis' resume. Gavin Newsom doesn't have it. And Barack Obama sure as hell didn't have his resume. DeSantis is ready to be president. He's got the goods. He's got everything you possibly want except the polish and the abortion policy. Or abortion convincibility, I guess. You you really don't have to have a policy. You just have to convince people that you're not going to ruin their lives and tell them they can't have an abortion if they accidentally get pregnant. Jessica asked me yesterday, does nobody use birth control anymore? Why, why is abortion such a big deal all of a sudden out of nowhere? What, like, what, what's going on? I'm like, well, abortions are down. They're down, and, and younger people having sex is way down. Statistically, it's way down. There are many reasons for that. I think they're disconnected. I think people are on their devices. I think it's a distracted, disconnected world. So I think there's a lot, of, lot less social interaction. But in doing so, there's fewer pregnancies, obviously. And fewer abortions. Are these good things? I don't know that it's great that we're getting to a place where our young people are growing up and don't want to be married and have families. I think that's bad for our country. I do. That was uh, some debate last night. So I hope I haven't rattled your cage too much on either one of those things. All right, let's talk about, I got a couple cuts I'm going to play on the show today. This is fun. The first is a news cut, unless you get right to it. Chris Cuomo, the former CNN anchor, who spent four years just destroying and annihilating Donald Trump on CNN, is now the latest to say he could vote for him? <laughs> what? The Cuomos and the Trumps are the Hatfields and McCoys. Chris Cuomo was on a podcast. Now, he's got a new gig. He's on this News Nation thing where he's supposed to play it down the middle. So maybe this is all an act. I don't trust anything Chris Cuomo says. And I don't know that I believe this. But it sounds right to me, and you like things of substance, and I like to bring things of substance to you. So this is pretty amazing. Here's Chris Cuomo as a guest on a podcast this week saying he's open to voting for Donald Trump. We survived a Trump administration. Uh, Would we survive another one? Yes. Yes. I don't think there's any greater risk to America with him than with Biden. And for people who are now going to attack me and say, what are you talking about? Trump is like this crazy man. Well, look. You know, as Patrick says, the data is the data. Nobody was trying to kill us when Trump was president in a way that they're not now. If anything, there's more hostility. And you can have reasons for that any way you want. I'm just saying existentially, I'm not afraid of a Trump presidency. Um, Existentially, I'm not afraid of another Biden presidency because unlike many people in America, I believe that the country is much stronger than any individual leader. Um, We survived the Russia thing. We survived January 6th. We survived having Biden as a gaffe machine. We survived uh, Congress uh, going after each other and doing nothing for the rest of us. We survived these things. Are we better for it? No. Uh, Should we be doing things differently? Yes. I think it happens. I don't know when, I don't even know why, but 
you know, in terms of who I'm going to vote for, I would really have to see where we are at that moment in time. Uh, and So you're open to a Trump vote? I am always open. And I'll tell you this. People say, oh, bullshit, you've never voted for a Republican in your life. Wrong. And not only have I, the first vote I ever cast was for a Republican. Oh, my gosh, that is just too tasty. I had to play that for you. That is so yummy. And again, I don't know if I believe any of it, but it doesn't matter. It's part of the public square. It's getting out there. It's all over social media. People are seeing it all over the country. The the people in the middle that don't care are seeing it. They'll see that clip and go, wait a second, isn't he a Democrat? That's a Democrat saying he might vote for Trump. They're everywhere, by the way. Democrats everywhere are saying, well, I'm open to voting for Trump, especially former black Democrats in entertainment, rappers, uh, uh, sports, places like this. It's nuts. The billionaire founder of Home Depot said yesterday he will fund Trump all the way to the finish line next November if he has to. He said, I'll pay for everything, every trial, every flight, every campaign stop. He said, I'll pay for everything. Tucker Carlson came out and said, I am voting for Donald Trump. That's over. It's done. I'm voting for Trump. This is a guy that used to bash Trump because of his style. Tucker says, I've seen the ways of my, the error of my ways. I shouldn't have bashed him on his style. I should have judged him more on his substance. And he did good things. He said the second Mar-a-Lago was raided, it changed his mind completely about Trump. He's like, we can't have that in America. And if one president is going after his opponent that way, I need to be in with that opponent. That's the opponent we all need to get behind because the president of the United States is trying to jail that man. And that is not America. Makes sense. There's people everywhere doing this. We're seeing Hollywood actors. All kinds of people are open to voting for Trump all of a sudden. It's crazy. And Chris Cuomo, I guess, is the latest. KKHI is brought to you by Back 9 Development. Online at back9development.com, your custom home builder. In Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan, anywhere, really, in the Midwest, TJ Vilkanskis, especially if you've got some land you'd like to develop, either as a subdivision or maybe an office park or commercial project, or you just want to build your dream home on a couple of acres somewhere. TJ's the guy, man. He's got a tremendous staff of architects, designers, engineers to meet your needs, and I think you're going to find him to be incredibly hardworking, very detailed, and completely open throughout the process of exactly what you're going to be doing. If this sounds like the way to go for you, log on to Back9 Development as your first step and take a look at their portfolio of great developments. Then give him a call at 785-236-0161 and say, let's go have lunch. Let's talk about what you got and see if it might be a fit for you. Back9development.com. Advanced Medical Imaging is online at medimageks.com. See what's inside. If your doctor says, "Uh uh-oh, we see something we don't like, go get an MRI or a CAT scan, and your hospital chain tells you you got to wait six weeks, uh uh-uh. Say no thanks. Your doctor ordered it. You can go right to MedImage in Lawrence, medimageks.com, Advanced Medical Imaging, and they'll get you in today or tomorrow and get your scan. Get out in front of this thing as fast as you can. Advanced Medical Imaging. Call for an appointment, 785-856-0224, or get your butt in there and get your heart scan and find out what your plaque score is. Make that a New Year's resolution to go to Advanced Medical Imaging, especially if you're 40 or older, to get a heart scan and get your plaque score. Amini's is located at 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park. They got all the great things to buy for yourself this holiday season. If you want a new pool table, pinball machine, jukebox, they got old-style jukeboxes. They have saunas in there. Like not hot tubs, saunas, 
for your health, for your good health, for your joint pain and all those things. They also have wonderful gift ideas. Like, ladies, if you're listening, your husband's got a pool table and he likes to play with his buddies and shoot pool. Maybe he's ready for some new pool cues, a new, a new set or a new set of billiard balls. I've asked for Santa to bring me the little miniature bowling pins to put on my shuffleboard table. I think they cost like 69 bucks. Great Christmas ideas. At Amini's Gallery, 105th Metcalf, many of these items you can order online and have them shipped. Aminis.com. This is Aminis. All right, on to sports. And this is a rarity this time of year. I don't know if I've ever done this. Football's going to go second. I saw something so good yesterday and have to play this for you. And I've mentioned this on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Next week on MLB Network, the documentary on George Brett debuts. And I cannot wait to see it. Now, I covered much of George Brett's career. Not all of it, but much of it. A decade of it. And I was six feet from home plate at the end of his career when he circled the bases and he kissed home plate at Kauffman Stadium. I was nominated for an Emmy for the story that we did on him that night with Scott DeJong, our our sports journalist at Channel 4 back in the day. I have a lot of history covering George Brett, and he was my idol growing up. It was the signature of the early part of my career was, my God, I cannot believe I'm covering George Brett. I sat in the bleacher seats. I watched him play. I cheered like hell when Billy Martin was jacking with him in the 76 playoffs. It was unbelievable. This guy's the best baseball player I've ever seen. I'm sorry. I'm biased. I'm just going to say it because I got to watch Otani do this for longer than two years or not be heard or whatever. Otani's amazing. George Brett was phenomenal. And he was so good in those days, it was impossible to gain traction as a baseball player in Kansas City. Everybody was looking for a Yankee or a Dodger or or whatever. But George Brett did it. And if you polled other players, I think they would agree that he was the grittiest and best player in baseball. They would. Mike Schmidt got a lot more headlines playing in Philadelphia, probably over time than George Brett. And he had home runs, but he wasn't, to me, he wasn't George Brett. George Brett was the most phenomenal clutch hitter. He used to walk George Brett. They walked George Brett with the bases loaded. I saw it. I watched it with my own eyes. Mm-mm, he ain't beating us. We got a three-run lead. No thanks. <laughs> I mean, just unbelievable stuff would happen with George Brett. So he's one of the all-time greats. At the time that he was voted into the Hall of Fame, he and Nolan Ryan received the highest vote percentage totals in history for the Hall of Fame. So it was a no-brainer. George Brett in. The documentary is next week, and MLB Network has been dropping a couple little clips here and there of what they've got in this thing. The first one they did a week or two ago was about pine tar. I like the pine tar story, but I've heard, I'm have i kind of worn out, whatever. Then they dropped what I'm going to play for you. And I spent 23 years on radio saying exactly what George Brett is about to say here about the 85 Royals winning the World Series. Two Cardinal fans, shut the hell up. Yes, a bad call was made at first base. Did you know it was game six? No, I thought it was game seven. Did you know that Orta was thrown out on the bases? That even though he was called safe, he was thrown out? And they still the Royals still won? Did you know that? Did you know Orta was out on base? He was thrown out. He was thrown out. It had no impact on the outcome of that inning or that game. None. George Brett sums it up. You're going to love this. You're going to hear some Al Michaels calls in this. It's a couple of minutes long, and it ends with George Brett basically, uh, well, you got to wait for it. Should I give it away? Should I tell you what he said? 
He uses the word suck to Cardinal fans. This is epic. Uh, we're sitting in the first base dugout, so we have a pretty good view of what was going on. Morrell races over to cover. The throw doesn't get him. Morrell got to the bag in an argument here, and here comes Herzog. The play just wasn't smooth. And I could have swore sitting in the first base dugout that he was safe. Looks like he's out. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Guess what? He was out. Fortunately for us, he called it safe. The people in St. Louis to this day still think it was game seven because they think they lost the World Series on that call. They still dropped a pop up that inning. And Clark doesn't know where he is. They still have a pass ball. That gets away from Porter and the runners move up. And they still blame that on Duncan. I think we played 174 ball games this year. That's the first time we got beat in the ninth inning. I thought the guy was out at first base. Well, I'm pretty perturbed about that call. For crying out loud, St. Louis, and I have friends that live in St. Louis, Don Dankinger, he made a bad call. Made a bad call. If they call him out, we still might have won the game. You, you don't know. That was game six. Come out and play game seven. That's all you had to do is play game seven. And the pitch is an in drill to left field, hooking down the line, and gone! 2-0 lead. 3-0 Royals. 6-7. 8-0. They're in double figure. And it's 11-0 as this massacre goes on. You didn't show up for game seven, you lost 11-0. Suck up. Oh my gosh, that is so good. I cannot wait to watch this documentary on MLB Network next week. George Brett to Cardinal fans. Suck on it. <laughs> Gotta love George. Great stuff. Chiefs Patriots game in two weeks has been moved from Monday night football to Sunday at noon. This is a good call. It's the first Monday night football flex game ever. Nobody wants to watch the Chiefs and Patriots on that Monday night because the Chiefs are going to kill the Patriots. So if your schedule says the Chiefs are playing the Patriots on December 18th on Monday Night Football, that has now been moved to Sunday, the day before, at noon, December 17th. That's a good call by football. I got no problem with that at all. College football, I'm going to take a stab right here. We got the championship games this weekend. Michigan's playing Iowa in the Big Ten. While the Carolina Panthers and Chicago Bears apparently are trying to hire Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh's missed the last three games. Michigan won all of them. He's back to coaching this week. I think he's going to be, he's basically icon status at Michigan at this point. After all this happened, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he thinks he can, you know, roll at Michigan and do everything that he wants to do. And why you would want to coach the Panthers or Bears is beyond me. So I'm not too worried about Harbaugh leaving. I thought at one time, if this scandal was some sort of a big deal or something, he might get fired, but it's a joke. The whole thing was a joke. And so Harbaugh is back this week, and they play Iowa, and I like Michigan to win that game. So I think Michigan wins, and they're in. I think Georgia wins over Alabama, and they're in. But it's dicey. 
Alabama could win that game. And if Alabama wins that game, the college football playoff is in real peril because I think you still have to take Georgia. I do. I think you just have to take Georgia and say, well, they're in today. If there was no championship game, they'd be in. And they've been the best program in college football now for a number of years. I think Georgia's in even if they lose. That's me. Remember, there's a committee here this time. But I'm going to say Georgia wins and they're in. I've got Washington losing to Oregon and Florida State losing to Louisville. I said that out loud. I think when Oregon beats Washington, they are in. And if Georgia beats Alabama and Texas rolls Oklahoma State, which I think they will, Texas will be in. So I may be the only person in the country going to predict this. And I don't take any of this to the bank. I'm just doing this for fun. This is a fun, entertaining exercise. Here's what I got in the college football playoff. I've got Georgia playing Texas in one semifinal and Michigan playing Oregon in the other. Well, we'll see how bad I blow that. <laughs> this is impossible to predict. Next year, 12 teams, these games won't matter as much. Although they could be elimination teams. Teams could play their way out of the playoff uh, and play their way in. For example, Iowa, if they were able to beat Michigan, would be in the playoff next year because they would be Big Ten champs. So pretty cool stuff. There's my stab at it. Lee Sterling is going to give you his picks real shortly. Brought to you by Fry Orthodontics. Online at fryorthodontics.com. 14 locations now in the area to find your smile for life, whether it's braces or Invisalign. The white glove treatment and the friendly smiles are at fryorthodontics.com. Cross Kitchens KC is Kansas City's remodeler. Whether it's just countertop replacement, floor refinishing, or you know, just doing a new backsplash, they'll do smaller jobs. Happy to do them. If you want to completely redo your kitchen or throw out a wall and remodel your house, they do those as well. It all starts with sitting down with Tim and talking about what's possible. Then you tell him what you might want to do. He does a 3D rendering with you, uh, for you through his design service, shows you what it will look like, gives you a price, an estimate, a bid. This is all free with no pressure, no obligation. Then you decide whether to proceed or not. Why not set the appointment and see what's possible at your home with Cross Kitchens, KC.com, 816-898-7047. And Dr. Bill Bush, North Kansas City Dental. I got a couple more fillings coming out next week with new ones being put in. I don't know. They're like 45-year-old fillings or something in my mouth. We've been having this process of getting some of these removed each year and putting new ones in. So I'm taking the insurance that I have left this year and getting it done. I'll let you know how that goes. But I am a patient for life at NKC Dental online at nkcdental.com, two offices, Westwood, Kansas, and North Kansas City by the ballpark site, 816-471-2911, nkcdental.com. All right, here we go. Lee Sterling's got all the picks today. This is going to be fun. We're going to go over the the college football championship games, the Chiefs-Packers, obviously, on Sunday night, and is the biggest game, is the biggest other game, a huge game, San Francisco, Philadelphia, if you're a Chiefs fan, is the biggest game going this week? Houston and Denver, those teams could actually be playing for a playoff spot, and the Chiefs could wind up playing one of those teams in the playoffs. It's crazy. Lee Sterling's got it all right now on KKHI. Hit it! The Kevin Keatsman Has Issues Conversation is brought to you by Finch Knife Company, online at finchknifeco.com. All right, my man Lee Sterling for Paramount Sports is here, and he's coming off a big 40-unit win on Florida State last weekend for his subscribers. That is awesome, and he's got a big special coming up this December. Double Down December is going to be everything with the college championship games and four weeks of the NFL and all the bowl games, so it is on. 
Mr. Sterling, how was your Thanksgiving? Everything good? Great. Couldn't have been better. It was it was great to go for the first time ever out of town for Thanksgiving, and it just worked out perfect. My daughter, you know, has her place. It's big enough for us to get there. Um, I mean, room rates are like eight nine hundred dollars a night. She wants us to stay with her. Place is about a thousand square feet, so. I was on the pull-out couch while my wife was uh, in the bedroom. So, but it was just—it was amazing, except for the two days I had to study and do shows last week. Weather was perfect. M- Check this out. So Monday night, I got to see the doubleheader: Louisville and Indiana first game, and the nightcap: Texas and UConn. UConn is absolutely sick. I mean, their athleticism, their size, their skill. The only thing that, that I, I thought was strange in that game, I thought that their head coach didn't think he was the, gre- the best at, at uh, working the officials. So outside of that, <laughs> every team has a slight weakness. Yeah. That might be their only we- weakness there. So um, that was fun to be right there. And then uh, uh, Wednesday night, I got to see Billy Joel. That was incredible. And after we left the concert, we walked a couple blocks. We ended up catching an Uber and – the next block over, who's right next to us? Billy Joel, uh, getting ready to smoke a cigar with his window down. And my wife had a conversation with him for about a minute. So that was a treat. So and I, then, you sent me a picture of that. And I got a couple of friends that are huge yeah. Billy Joel fans. And they didn't believe it. They're like, when was I said, no, this just happened like 20 minutes ago. Lee just sent this to me. Yeah. What did she talk to Billy Joel about? So she, she, she said to him, hi. And he looked at her and said, hi. And then, then, then she said, uh, 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 how are you? And he says, do I know you? And, and she says, yeah, we just saw your show. And he goes, okay. And <laughs> <laughs> um, told me it was great. And he said, thank you. And, uh, he had a cigar in his hand, I guess, getting ready to light it up. He was literally three blocks away from the arena and, uh, he was uh, going to sit back and relax, I guess. And, smoke his stogie but uh that was a you know once in a lifetime never had anyone well actually the only other people have you ever had anyone who you pulled up next to who was famous i had henry winkler one time in la okay and one time we were taking the kids early to a heat game Dwayne wade but um this was pretty pretty shocking you ever had one of those moments yeah i had one of the weirdest ones ever the old basketball coach jerry sloan one time yeah. on our way to Manhattan for a K-State Nebraska game, we stopped at like, I'm not kidding it, like the, I don't even know what they call these things anymore, just where the bathrooms are on the interstate. There's no service there, mm-hmm. no gas yep. station, nothing. Rest, stop. Like, rest, rest stop. stop. Rest we stop. pull into the rest yeah. stop and he's in there taking a leak. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, okay. He's headed to the K-State great, Nebraska great. football game. I still don't, to this day, understand what that was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that um, was, but it was. It happened. Yeah, that's 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 a funny story. Yeah, we had one time, one time I was at the Super Bowl. Who's the... Who's the, the race car, former race car, Gordon? Um, Jeff Gordon? Jeff Gordon. Yeah. So never forget, I'm having a conversation with this guy. He's wearing a, a Panthers jersey. This is when the Panthers played the Patriots. And, I, you know, I'm asking him, you know, we're waiting in a long line. I said, oh, how long have you been a Panthers fan? Because can't be too many Panthers fans. Yeah. You know, he goes, oh, yeah, for the last, like, like, I don't know, five, six, seven years since I moved there, something like that, he said. And I said, oh, great. He's wearing number 24. And so we're, he was, uh, he asked me what I did. I told him, he goes, Oh, you think we got a chance? I said, yeah, but you know, just doing what's good. So it turns out, um, so as, 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 as we were getting ready, uh, to, to leave after that, walked out the same time, 
someone said, oh, hey, Jeff Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he had a short haircut, almost a crew cut. And the guy said, you the man, Jeff. Yeah, right. And <laughs> so, you remember David Letterman used to call that brush with greatness. <laughs> he used to have a segment yeah. of brush with greatness. So I'm in New Jersey. This is 20, 25 years ago at a Springsteen concert. And I go to take, again, it's a bathroom deal. I go to take a leak. Okay. And all these dudes, like there's all these New Jerseyans in there. I'm like the only gay dude from the Midwest. You couldn't yep. tell. I'm just a guy taking a leak, right? But it's a crowded bathroom. And they're all hollering and talking to the guy next to me who's taking a leak. And I look over at him and I don't know who this is. I just, I don't know who this is. And so I finish well, up. Also, when you're taking a leak, you don't want to act like you're right. too interested but, in the but guy next to you. they're all hollering at right. him and he's turning around yeah. going, hey, hey. And he's like, hey, like he's, he's engaged with his fans. Like he's being cool right. while he's taking a leak. And as I'm walking, I finish my business walking out, I go, who is that? They're like, that's the dude from The Sopranos. But I didn't watch The Sopranos. Oh, well. Now, not not uh, Tony right. Soprano, but the younger guy. And yep. I don't, I still don't know his name, but I, I could spot him now. I'm not a Soprano guy either. He's been no. in a whole bunch of other shows, but my God, this right. was New Jersey. And every, yep. what do they oh. call him, jabronis? Every jabroni in the yeah. place knew what this guy. Yeah. They were just like going crazy <laughs> for him. So That's a funny story. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool stuff. Yeah. All right, so here yeah, we go. Double to... Down December yep. for all of our listeners. What do we got this month? All right, so it'll include Championship Week this week. We've normally done really well. It will include all the bowl games through the 31st, and there's a slew of them, almost all of them, except for the January 1st bowls and the semifinals and the championship. And uh, then it's going to include NFL, and it's going to include five weekends. We've only had two losing Sundays in the NFL, which is incredible. So... Normally it's four ninety seven. Last year we flashed it to three ninety seven. I said, you know what? I want I want to make it so there's there can't be any reason someone doesn't come aboard. So let's say you want to buy a gift for yourself or for someone else. You know they listen to the podcast also. Great idea. And uh, if you for some reason jumped off for some reason, jump back on two ninety seven. Double down December. And also, if you were to buy football basketball through the NBA finals, June, 2024 and hockey, it would cost you on sale over $2,000. We're selling all three for nine ninety seven, or two sports for seven fifty. You, you couldn't buy any of those three sports individually for seven fifty. So all three sports, nine ninety seven. We're on a roll. All three. You can also get two sports. Let's say you're on football. Want to add basketball and hockey. 750 and uh, football double down December 297 uh, through December 31st. ParamountSports.com. ParamountSports.com. There you go. All right, let's do some picks here. It is championship weekend okay. for the conferences in college football. We'll begin there. Florida State is a two and a half point favorite over Louisville. They got the win against Florida without their starting quarterback. Louisville looked really bad last. Well, not really bad. They looked bad enough last week. What do you think is going to yep. happen here with Florida State and Louisville? All right, so. If Jordan Travis was playing quarterback for Florida State, I'll lay seven, eight, nine points. I think they're that much better. But without him, they only had 224 yards yeah. in the entire game, and they were dominated for three quarters. So I, I think his ability to extend plays is so big, not just running. It's also finding and buying that receiver and allowing them to get open for big, big gains. That's really been what they've thrived on this year. And Louisville, I think they're a much better running team uh, than Florida. They ran, Florida ran for 146 yards on them. They have 
so many more playmakers than Florida, quarterback, running back, and receiver. And how about this? The last two times the Cardinals turned the ball over three times like they did last week against Kentucky. They came back and beat Notre Dame 33-20 and Duke 23 nothing here. I expect them to rebound here. I think the wrong team's favorite. I like Louisville 30-24. to There you go. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, five-and-a-half-point favorite over Alabama, whose answer, whose prayers were answered last week. Yeah, they were, and they got to win to get in. I mean, and even then, they may not get in. But what's crazy is people are just still talking about that Alabama game. They should over Auburn, the fourth and 31, shocking touchdown, where Auburn only runs through. Rushes three players. They I mean, I guess two. they're. Wait, they rushed two? Lee, the third the two? guy. That's right, two. No, no, the third two. guy they used as a spy. He stood back from the line yeah, of scrimmage and right. just stood there. And I'm yeah. like, what the hell? Why would you spy? You want the quarterback to leave the pocket. Right. Once right. he's past that the line of scrimmage, the ever. game's over. He couldn't do anything. Yeah. Ugh, it was Incredible. horrible. It was the worst thing I ever saw. And, and I guess it's like payback for, you know, uh, with Alabama getting stung on the, you know, the field goal that wasn't yeah. long enough run back for a touchdown 10 years ago. So it's crazy how things turn around, yeah. but same day, Georgia only wins 31 to 23 against Georgia tech and no one's talking about it. Right. Uh, Georgia's defense is good, but not like it was the last two years. They've allowed 4.9 yards per carry the last two weeks against Tennessee and Georgia tech Bama on offense, averaging 5.9 yards per carry the last four games. I think the offensive and defensive lines are pretty even between both teams here. And I think Jalen Milrose's ability to extend plays here is a big plus for them. And how about this? Touchdown percentage in the red zone, Alabama. Offense 19th, Georgia's defense 67th. I know Georgia's won 29 straight games, but they did not play Alabama. The championship game last year was LSU. Bama has won 7-8 in the series. They have all the motivation. Georgia can still lose this game and probably better than 50% chance, I think, make the semifinal playoff. I think Alabama gets the job done. Upset, 27-23. Last Sunday, I'm watching the Chiefs game with my buddy Cato. When the Texas-Oklahoma State line came out, I predicted it would come out at 14 and go up. It came out at 12.5. We both jumped on it, Texas minus 12.5. But now the line is 14.5. That's a whole different line. But does it matter? Texas could use some style points here, too. I mean, I think everybody's expecting if they're going to have any chance with like a Florida State and a Washington loss or something like that, if that's going to happen, Texas needs to win this game decisively. What do you think about Texas-Oklahoma State? Yeah, so they, Oklahoma State's really struggled. They've trailed by two touchdowns each of the last two weeks against Houston and BYU. Houston is not good. They fired their coach. BYU, this might be the worst BYU team in 30, 40 years. They are that bad. And they had to do it in double overtime. Not only come behind, do it in double overtime. It's crazy. I said this from the beginning. This was maybe the eighth to tenth best talent-wise team in the Big 12. And they might still be the fourth, fifth, sixth best team in the Big 12. Co great coaching job. Give the kids credit here. But I think Texas has figured it out. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. Texas is going to get those style points, 41-13. On to the NFL. we got the Texans and the Broncos, and dare I say it, this could be for a playoff spot. It is absolutely yeah. possible that the winner of this game makes the playoffs. Yeah. Never thought we'd be talking about these two teams going to the playoffs, especially the way the season started for Denver. I mean, giving up 70 points, they were left for dead, 1-5. and five. Now they're 6-5. and five. How are they doing it? Russell Wilson on offense, 20 touchdowns, just four interceptions. 
and their defense. 15 takeaways the last four games. That's the most in any stretch for them in 34 years. They're plus 13 in takeaway giveaways the last five games here. Broncos just ran the ball all over the Browns, who give up the fewest yards per game, 169 yards on the ground. I think they're going to control the line of scrimmage here. I was asking a friend of mine, I said, you big Houston fan, who do you like? Uh, why do you like Houston? Who, tell me some players you like who are having a real good year. He goes, C.J. Stroud. I'm yeah. like, yep. And? He goes, Nico Collins. I'm like, yep. Huh? Who else? And silence. Silence. I'm like, not a third? Nope. So, I think Houston's up against it. Laying three and a half points, I'll take Denver here. I think they went outright 23 to 20. Sunday night football is the Chiefs at Green Bay. Jordan Love and the Packers offense has come to life the last two weeks, but the seven games prior to that, they failed to score 20 points. The Chiefs don't give up 20 points in any game. Somehow, shockingly, Kansas City has an elite defense, but a big number here. Six points on the road at Green Bay. Chiefs and Packers. Except for that one touchdown run. Uh, that the Raiders had, and the tackling was terrible on there. Um, they, they're getting it done. I mean, they've held opponents to 24 points or fewer in each of the last 10 games here. Green Bay, we're going to find out if they're a pretender or contender here. They have won a couple games in a row here, and how have they done it over the Chargers and Lions? Jordan Love, two best games of his career. He's averaging 293 passing yards. The last three games, five touchdowns, no interceptions here. I hate going against hot quarterbacks. I just think the Kansas City still not a big score here. I think they're going to keep following this storyline early and often. I think they win the game 24-20, but Green Bay covers it home. You're awesome, Lee. That's great. Let's talk about the play of the week. This is a free play. Yep. San Francisco at Philadelphia, and the 49ers are favored. This is a free play for anybody that calls 800 400 Nine seven four one. You call Lee Sterling right now, and he'll give you his Niners Eagles pick absolutely free. Man, this is a game. This might be the game of the year. It's certainly the NFC game of the yep. year. Uh, you see something you like here? Uh, something I love. So there's one side that I think is an easy side to winning this game. If you want to get it for free, first five callers call eight hundred four hundred nine seven four one. Give it to you for free. First five callers get maybe one of the top five games of the year. On me, 800-400-9741. As I mentioned before, double down December. Every single game I've got from today all the way through December 31st, college football championship week, all the bowl games through the 31st, and the NFL, five weekends of the NFL. And we've only had two losing Sundays this year. Just one place, lowest price ever, $297, ParamountSports.com. Thank you, Lee. Let's have a great week, buddy. Sounds good. See you, Kevin. All right, take care. There's Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Again, the Double Down December is on, so go grab it. Let's recap his selections for you this week. He likes Louisville outright to beat Florida State, and they're getting points. He likes Alabama and five and a half points over the Georgia Bulldogs. He thinks Texas will roll Oklahoma State. Forget about that line. Just bet on the Longhorns. Denver Broncos plus three against the Houston Texans, and Green Bay at home taking the points. As the Chiefs, I think they'll probably be involved in kind of a lower scoring game. His play of the week is San Francisco, Philadelphia. If you want to get it free, just call him at 800 400 9741. It's going to be a fun weekend of football for sure. You got all the championship games and then the college football playoff, and the implications there. I, I think Washington's going to lose. I think Florida State's going to lose. And I think we're going to have mayhem. And then if Alabama beats Georgia, I don't know what happens. I don't know who's in and who's not. 
Because at that point, what happens between Texas, Alabama, and Georgia? If Texas beat Alabama, which they did, and Alabama beat Georgia, which they did, what does that mean? I don't know what that means for anybody. And I, I, they cannot expand this playoff fast enough. They can't. And maybe we shouldn't be factoring in some of these title games so much. For example, if Michigan loses, there are people saying if Michigan loses to Iowa, that Ohio State will get in. That they'll simply say, we'll put in a Big Ten team, even though we know Michigan beat Ohio State, we'll put them in. None of it makes sense. But this is the last year of it. Going forward, you win your conference championship, however conference decides. They can play a title game or not. You win that game and you're in. So, for example, next year, the Iowa Hawkeyes right now are playing Michigan. They are not championship playoff worthy, but if they beat Michigan, they'd be in. They'd be the Big Ten champs, and they'd be in the playoff. I think that's fair. I think teams should play for it, and you would essentially have this weekend as the first round of the playoffs where it's not exactly the case. It is, in some teams' case, Alabama has to win to be in. Texas has to win to have a chance to be in. All of that. So some teams are like do or die here if they want to get in the playoffs. But next year, it'll really be do or die because the championship in your conference will be the difference between winning a league and getting in or losing a game and being out. Lee Sterling's appearance brought to you by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and their annual toy drive for Meet the Need. We'd love it if you sent a holiday toy or a gift to a kid. Drop it by Roberts Robinson and Excelsior Springs or mail it, Amazon it, ship it, 1501 Kearney Road, Excelsior Springs, Missouri, 64024. Buck Disposal, now you've got a local company to count on for all your job site disposal needs. Whether you do rehabs, uh, cleanouts, estate sales, garbage dumps, whatever it may be, or building sites where all of the wasted building material needs to be hauled off. Buck Disposal will now do that for you, and you have somebody local to talk to. Call Ron Buck and his team at 913-242-7695 or online at buckdisposal.com. And the Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan is your business destination. If you've got business in Kansas or you work overnight on the road traveling through Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Colorado, Missouri, consider staying in Manhattan at the Bluemont Hotel. You're going to love it. It's a world-class hotel. The staff is incredibly friendly, and they have everything you need to do your business there, including having conferences, set up meetings, or if you do Zoom calls and work from a conference center to hotel, the Blue Mountain Hotel would love to work for you. They're online at bluemonthotel.com. They also feature Goolsby's Indoor Entertainment Center and Restaurant right there on site at the Blue Mountain Hotel in Manhattan. I'm ready for some weekend fun. I don't know about you. Thank you so much for listening. We had a big week this week, passing 50 thousand subscribers to the podcast that is just amazing i cannot thank you enough hope you have a wonderful and blessed weekend have a great time we'll be back here on monday with kevin keatsman has issues kevin keatsman has issues has been presented by roberts robinson chevrolet gmc and is produced by crooked tail media please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at KKHasIssues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the KKList.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.